Hello and welcome to this episode 25 of the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name is Stephen Watson, I'm the founder of Stack and I'm recording this on Thursday the 23rd of March 2017. Last week I went off and met up with the guys from Eyesore Magazine, uh, a magazine based in London uh, and concerned with the built environment and the politics and the cultural structures that exist around the ways that we live in cities. And very excitingly, I went and met them at the pod at White City Place. So White City Place is uh, what used to be the old BBC television centre in West London. And it's been turned into a new residential and business space with a real emphasis on the creative industries. And as part of that, they've put this big cube thing in the middle of uh, some grass and you can book a place in there to go and record your own podcasts. So I thought of taking Eyesore in there because obviously they are very interested in the regeneration of cities and you'll hear that we spoke about really their ideas for why they started it and the, and why the sort of changes and the, the regeneration that they saw going on around them in London um, really inspired them to make a magazine to record what's going on and also to get some alternative perspectives out there. Regular listeners might notice that the sound quality in this one is significantly better than normal. That's because we had a real actual producer for the first time. So I hope that you enjoy listening to this conversation with Theodore, Arman and Ganesh from ISO magazine. I'm here with Theodore Plitas, Arman Nuri and Ganesh Lockhart from Eyesaw magazine. Hello. 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 Good morning. Welcome to the odd pod in the middle of White City. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can see you're a little bit spooked out by being in a cube with some circle windows. It is a bit. It's a first for me, at least. It's yeah. Like yeah. Well, in the and, middle of a busy area. And for me, too. And for me, too. Um, thank you very much for coming over today, because I wanted to speak to you about Eyesaw magazine. So I'm right in thinking this launched last year. Yep. Yep. I yep. think we had the first one came out in April last year or March, April. So, but yeah, about a year. Uh-huh. And so you're two issues in at the moment. Yeah. And this is a magazine of buildings, streets, places and spaces. Exactly. Yeah. So tell me how that's different to like a regular architecture magazine. Well, I guess the initiative was a bit different because it was made to kind of create conversations around the built environment and uh, kind of uh, bring up like topics that are not usually talked about in like a normal architecture magazine. Mm, So the conversation started from us kind of just meeting up and studying at LCC uh, in Elephant Castle and the whole area kind of changing in the space of the four years that we were studying. And there was a kind of reoccurring conversation which we were all having. And so then we decided why not put it onto paper and then share these experiences with other people. And LCC is London College of Communication, which is the, so I mean, I know it from the publishing courses Mm -hmm. that they have there. Was that what you were all doing? 
I was actually at UCL, so just up the road. Uh, oh, right, an uh, imposter. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, had to, we, had to break, we had to break into LCC a few times to get it all sorted. <laughs> <laughs> we, won't, we won't talk about that. Um, well, you talk about it in the, the, the letter, the first issue, like, <laughs> you had to sneak people in. Yeah, it was, uh, it was an exhilarating experience, definitely. Um, but I think it was kind of, I think the motivation was to give a voice to people who, like you said, won't n- n- normally get into sort of the typical architectural magazines, whether it's... Um, students or amateur photographers or just people who have um, just an interest in the city really and want to talk about it. And how about you guys? What were you studying when you were there? Both doing fine art photography. Yeah, okay. Both in the same class. Yeah, but there's also Nina who was doing graphic design. So she was extremely helpful in kind of the design of the magazine and Mm. having kind of another look, another perspective on how to create something that would reflect our, like... um, a way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And there's also Chris and Misha. They're not here, unfortunately, today. Shout outs to Chris and Misha. <laughs> right, yeah, Chris and Misha. And what, so like, with, were they architects? Were they, was it? No, actually. No. Um, Chris's background, he studied politics uh, at Bristol and then was working in London doing freelance at The Guardian and for Vice. So even more the journalistic side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Misha, who's more like kind of financy kind of business side very that kind of orientated but also has just as much a passion of about talking about buildings the built environment um as we do so you had a crack squad made up of so like you've got the a team made up of all sorts of different Mm. like skills and capabilities yeah and you end up with this magazine so 24 page uh staple bound um like you know it it looks like kind of the sort of thing that you might pick up in like a a cafe or something like that whereabouts was it distributed at the beginning we didn't really think of where it would be distributed i think it was more like it was important for us to have a format that would kind of automatically talk about hints of what's inside so not like a kind of glossy kind of magazine It, it was we kind of essentially wanted it to be folded at first and kind of have that kind of newspaper quality to it. I see, yeah, yeah. Um, and then from that, we we moved on. From the first issue that was free, we had the launch. And then we kind of, Armand did a good job on that too, to kind of go to different places and ask if, whether they would stock us or not. And yeah. So you were the man carrying magazines around the place. I was trying, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So... Um, we managed to, yeah, it was, it was definitely kind of at the first, just us kind of walking into different places and just speaking to the owners, seeing like, how did this magazine get here and yeah. who do we speak to? Um, so we found a great distributor, R.A. and Ollie, who are very small time. Ra- so you call them R.A. and Ollie? I, I've, you, uh, ra- ra- I call them Ra and Ollie. They're great, aren't they? I'm not too sure which one is right, to be honest, <laughs> but we'll, we'll go whichever. But um, yeah, super great, really, really cool. Um, Adrian's a really nice guy there, so really helpful. Um, so they've been really great. And then um, also speaking to um, like Calvert22 in um, Shoreditch, which is very helpful. So yeah, kind of just very small conversations and we managed to get in a few different places. Um, but like I said, quite small scale still. And so as a magazine of the built environment and spaces, calling it Eyesore is a provocative starting point. Absolutely. So where does that come from? Or Chris, I guess. Yeah, yeah, Chris came up with the initial idea. He uh, he kind of approached me one day. Well, because we've known each other f- for a while now, um, hadn't seen each other during kind of the uni period. Uh, and then he came back after he graduated and kind of came around for dinner one time, saw my images and was like, oh, I've got an idea for a magazine. Would you be interested? 
all I know is what I want to call it ISOR. And I want it to be about the built environment. Um, and so I was like, cool. Um, ISOR obviously is a brilliant name. The play on words, I saw that as well as that is an ISOR. I'm not too sure exactly how he got the idea. I think it was just <laughs> one day, maybe just observing, kind of, yeah, came up with it. And it's a magazine in terms of the, the actual content. So you're not really looking, or at least you very rarely look at an actual building it's much more likely that you're going to look at the cultural and political uh, conditions that exist around the cities that we live in. Definitely. I think, uh, again, you, you can kind of find a lot of stuff either online or in shots which focus on the sort of the straight lines and the sort of the designs of buildings, which is great, and we all find that stuff fantastic. But we thought that there was a gap in talking about how these buildings affect people and how we affect them and how we kind of learn to live with them in the cities and towns and villages. Um, so I think we're really keen to kind of go with that approach. Um, and I think we're, we haven't got there completely, but I think we're definitely trying to. I think that's something which we're going to try to stick with as much as possible. So the, all right, so you're already thinking about issue three definitely, and where yeah. you go from here. So what, what's the plans with it? We are actually uh, open for submissions for issue three. Like we said, we're learning as we're doing. So we don't have a clear plan, um, but we know that we want to kind of continue on the on the kind of road we had for the moment and maybe add a bit of content and maybe curate it in, in a better way. And so do you have a theme for submissions? No, 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 no theme. <laughs> it's totally like, open. Like we said, it's really open. It's, it's about anyone and everyone. So... We're open to, to read something and to really kind of observe what it's trying to say. And we're ready to have a conversation with someone and to kind of work together in order to create an article or something. So we're pretty open, I guess. Mm. And so how does someone actually submit an idea to you? Online. So on our website, we have a page set up where you can... We, have, we did sort of uh, create a very small brief, which kind of gives some rough guidelines um but yeah it's just about sending an email um into submissions well go on to www.isaw.co.uk forward slash submissions and then on there i have all the details excellent that's what i was that's what i wanted i wanted the plug (laughs) (laughs) and the plan is that you want to keep it 24 pages do you want to increase it or i think we would look to increasing it um, hopefully, depending on the submissions amount that we get, um, and if we can kind of curate something which will accommodate for more pages. But at the moment, it's just kind of seeing how it goes, sussing it out, um, and yeah. So you're you're evolving the magazine as you go forward. With yeah, it. organically, exactly how the initial idea started from a conversation in a room to just kind of wanting to put something onto paper to then also the um, the pieces that we have in it just through friends and, and yeah, just kind of letting it grow. So tell me about how it's evolved so far. So you started sitting in a, a room at LCC. So for anyone who's not familiar with it, LCC is basically this tower in the middle of Elephant and Castle in London, which is this area that's gone through massive redevelopment just recently. And you look out from this tower and you just see London sprawling before you. So you started in a, a little room up there. You got inspired to make this thing. What's kind of changed for you along the way since then? A few things. Yeah, yeah I think quite, yeah. graduating was one. I think we were obviously all graduated um, and going from a time where um, we were kind of quite flexible with our time to now where we all are working, whether it's part-time or full-time. 
yeah, finding the time to actually work on it has definitely changed. Um, but it's a challenge that we're kind of, again, growing and learning how to adapt to. Um, I don't know what else, really. I think I think it's a really good thing that we did start it in our last year of university because we were really interested in like in using the facilities in LCC and making something that we would um, kind of assist through the whole process. So having something that we had in our heads and making it kind of into something physical, that was really interesting, really fun. But now that we're not at uni anymore, we're kind of kind of judging what different types of um, events maybe or some kind of different like ways of showing um, our message or passing our message through. Are you still able to use the print facilities at LCC? Luckily, yes, for the moment. Thank you, uh, Tony and Scott. Tony and yeah, Scott. Big on Tony <laughs> and Scott. Yeah. Yeah. Our saviors, definitely. <laughs> uh, and you've also had some changes to the team because you had uh, a Nexit. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Not the Netherlands exit. <laughs> Nina's exit. Okay, so, so Nina, who was one of the founding team, she had to go back to Belgrade. Basically, um, her visa didn't get renewed uh, after graduating. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's moved back home. She's working out there uh, doing design. She's still we're obviously working together. She's keeping on us. She's the one who's actually quite the mother of the family. That's oh, really? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> keeping us uh, organized. But she's visiting next month. So we plan to, when she comes here, just to kind of crack on and really define what we're going to be doing kind of in the next few months. And so, um, but actually it's also been a good thing that she's been over there because we're looking hopefully to do some collaborations with artists out there. Um, she's kind of like another side of it that we can like look into um, and kind of, yeah. Yeah, of course. Well, so you're the, the, the first story in your second issue is a piece on um, protest and politics in Belgrade. Exactly. Which obviously, I guess you sort of turn adversity into advantage with that. Yeah. Yeah. And and then like looking at the like the stories and the rest of the, the issues that we've seen so far, you're very much based in London, but you've got stories in there from um, Seoul, from Uji in Japan. I love the fact you've got one in from Boston in Lincolnshire, which is kind of <laughs> yeah. near to where I'm from. I was there. Uh, really? I was there in the summer. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, very interesting. I kind of it was obviously just after the referendum, and I had this very kind of personal desire to actually go and just see it really because obviously you hear a lot about it in the news, um, but I actually want to go and see it with my own eyes and um, kind of understand it more. Uh, because Boston was like the most Brexit town in Britain or yeah, something like that. I think that. it was like 78% of the population voted for Brexit. And I'm very pleased to say it was um, completely different to what the sort of newspapers and media painted it to be. Um, yeah, uh, you kind of read it and expect to go into a very um, backwards sort of racist hinterland. And it wasn't like that at all. Everyone was very welcoming. Um, there was definitely a lack of integration between the sort of Eastern Europeans who have been there since 2004 um, generally working farming, but nothing like sort of what it was painted as. So it's fantastic, really interesting experience. Yeah, yeah. So I, I actually ended up going back up. I'm from Hull on the day that Brexit had been announced. I was, I was going up to taking my little boy to see my dad, and it was only on the train on the way up there I realised my dad probably voted for Brexit, which then. I guess I would never have chosen to go and have that conversation on that particular day, but it actually forces you to look at, well, okay, so why did you vote for Brexit? And, the, you know, what was the thinking there? And you're absolutely right. It's not, it's never as simple as the, the way that things are portrayed. 
definitely no and it was um yeah something that you you, you kind of have to learn by actually going there and um experiencing i was really glad to be able to share that and for these guys to like let me share that on ice so it was really yeah it's fantastic so we obviously do in fact you just mentioned the the not the the netherlands exit so mm. um <laughs> thankfully we've just had the news that um that okay so that that's all right but the but this is like a brief respite because obviously we have the french elections coming up really soon and then we could be germany as well so is this something that you see as being like your patch on iso do you want to be talking about that kind of stuff it's a tough one because i think it's the, the debate is so saturated sometimes that there is a lot and like we we don't forget that we are, we are like fundamentally a magazine about the built environment but like you said it is about looking at the implications of that so yeah i don't think we've had like an explicit discussion about how kind of much we want to talk about that kind of stuff but um yeah i don't i think we will see as we go really and then i just wanted to mention your contents page as well because it seems to me that the, you've got like a nice little um motif going there where so on all of the stories uh on the contents page you've got what i'm guessing is like the area covered by that story exactly so once again that was um nina's kind of conceptual design working and she thought that because we were talking about the built environment and um space around us that if we took the distance um of I mean, the location of each article and kind of make it a bit abstract and create a kind of icon for each. It could have a nice feel of like, um, let's say, yeah, like like a map mm-hmm. kind of representation mm-hmm. and, and would take the um, ob- observing, like observing the content page would kind of give an, of an insight of our actual concept from the beginning. Which is a really nice conceit because there are so many magazines that on their contents page, they put a bloody map on it. And uh, so that you can see, like, we've got a story from here and a story from here. And actually, the, I, I, I can't help but look at those things and look at the negative space. Mm-hmm. And so you, I just end up seeing it and saying, oh, so you're, you're really proudly saying you have no stories from Africa. The like you know kind of the yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, we yeah. we don't have anything from this part of yeah. the world like the and the clusters are always like in the same places. Yeah. It just seems that like a map is a bad way of showing that stuff. But the this more like conceptual approach. Well, it's limiting. A map is limiting. I think it sets something in a box. Whereas this approach is more, uh, it's a touch of its own. So. It, it becomes a shape and it has a life of its own. It's, it's like it's physicalizing the space that we are talking about within the article, um, not necessarily saying anything outside of it, but just what actually like is within it, if that makes sense. <laughs> makes perfect sense. And I really enjoy it. So um, I'm really looking forward to seeing the next one. Awesome. Thank we'll let you, you know. Much. Thank you. Cheers. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Okay, that's it for this week. I absolutely love the conceptual, abstract exploration of space that you get in Eyesore magazine. So um, I'd just like to say thanks again to Theodore, Armin and Ganesh for taking the time to, to come over and chat with me. And of course, thanks very much also to Claire, the producer, uh, and everyone at White City Place. This is the first time I've ever had a producer work on the Stack podcast, so it's very, very exciting. Um, if you're in 
interested in making your own podcasts over there, you can go to whitecityplace.com to see basically what they're doing and how you can put your name down to get in the pod. And finally, of course, I need to say thanks very much to you for listening. If you've enjoyed this one, then you can find more conversations with independent magazine makers. Just go to SoundCloud or iTunes and search for Stack Magazines and you'll find all of our previous episodes. And if you really enjoyed it, then give us a follow while you're there and we'll make sure that next week's episode is delivered to you as soon as it's ready. Okay, thanks very much for listening and we'll be back next week.